Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is Nathan Malazzo. Thanks for being on the show, Nathan. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, Nathan found real estate investing by browsing through podcasts while mowing lawns during high school. Today, he is 25 years old and invests in small to mid-sized apartment buildings in B and C areas in the Baton Rouge and surrounding markets. He has done wholesaling, a live-in flip or house hack, and 100% seller financing deals uh, and apartment deals. Uh, so, Nathan, uh, welcome to the show. I'm grateful to have you on. It's great to see your success. I, I wish that I had had learned about real estate investing when I was in high school. Uh, man, you know, I wish I had gotten started, you know, that much longer, long ago. Uh, you know, you can't imagine, you know, how much further we could have been down this road. Uh, but anyway, Lord has a hand in all that, and I'm grateful. Uh, but uh, but uh, it's it's awesome to see what you. You've done, and and I'm looking forward to getting into it. Tell the listeners a little more about uh, you know who you are, and, and let's help them uh, to also, especially the maybe the younger listeners or people who are looking to get started in the real estate business, or uh, you know, or younger in their entrepreneurial journey anyway, uh, and and help them to see how you've done it, and and maybe they can do the same. So get us started with who you are, and let's dive in. Right. Yeah. So I come from a, you know, blue collar, hardworking family. Uh, hard work has always been a good model. My parents taught me as a young age. So I actually stumbled into real estate, believe it or not. Uh, I had a little lawn business just because I was a little hustler you know, from day one. I just always wanted to hustle and make, you know, living for myself. So I actually started browsing into to money and investing while I was mowing lawns and stuff like that. And I just stumbled into real estate and this, you know, started from wholesaling, uh, you know, and then turn that into buying my first live-in flip, I should say. And, you know, I did that for no money down. And I was a seller finance, completely seller finance deal. Uh, and then I turned that equity and slash, you know, a lot of my savings into buying that fourplex. And then here we are. I have a 32-unit complex that we're doing a remodel on now. And we're looking at another 64-unit complex to hopefully close, depending on what the COVID does and stuff like that uh, and how financing is at the end of the year. So, yeah, we're still pretty busy. Uh, it's you know, it's definitely a building block. You know, you start small and you just kind of work your way up to the big stuff. And that's my goal. My goal is a thousand units. Uh, so that, that'll be pretty nice when I get there. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, good for you. No, it's awesome. Tell me a little about, um, you know, you had the, you had the lawn business and you're in high school, right? And, you know, you're just striving to have your own business. I think it's incredible. Uh, it's just great. And then you started wholesaling. So you're learning about real estate. You did a live in flip. Um, you know, and then all of a sudden you're buying a fourplex and then a 36 unit. I mean, that's, that's awesome. Tell me some, um, maybe some pain points through that process of growth, uh, that you could help the listener with. Right. Yeah. A, a, a lot of pain points. Uh, the, the living flip was probably the most painful just because you're living in it. I had roommates at the time. Uh, and then my current, my wife now, she was my girlfriend at the time was living there with all these guys living in the construction zone. So that was definitely uh, not the easiest part. So I don't recommend that, but uh, it, it's a learning experience, you know, uh, it, it was, it's, I still live in the house today. I'm actually sitting in it now, but uh, you know, it's, it's really the hard work. You know, uh, I was actually very blessed to have a situation where I was financially pretty stable for my age. I was making more money than most people I knew still am most likely. 
Uh, and you know, I just I didn't spend that money like most kids would do. I just saved, saved, saved. And the next, you know, got 150 grand in the bank account. And um, instead of going buying a car like most kids would do or whatever, I was like, okay, well, what can I step into the bigger step now? And it's a scary step. You know, you go from a single family home to an apartment complex, and you're like, wow, that's scary. Because even when, and it's even scarier when, you're, when you tell your family about it, and they're like, wow, are you, are you crazy? Have you lost your mind? You're 22 years old, and you're trying to buy an apartment complex. Uh, yeah. And, and so that, that definitely was tough. But uh, once you get past that and you surround yourself with the right people, and then I'm blessed to have great partners today, uh, it's, you know, like I said, we're now we're working on a 32 unit complex, looking at even a double size apartment complex. And it's, it's really not even the size anymore that matters, really. It's just, uh, you know, we have the systems in place to take it down now. And uh, it's, it's pretty cool to see how far we've come in a few years. So nice. Uh, well, I have some questions there for you. I was thinking about, you know, you said, you know, like didn't spend like most or the live in flip was the most painful. You came out of that and it's like, okay, you learned a lot. Uh, and, and then, you, you know, I, I like how, um, you know, when we can learn more about, you know what, we, we if we act like everyone else, we're going to get what everybody else has got. Right. Uh, and you had to make some hard decisions, you know, through that time. And, you know, whether, you know, the live in flip to uh, tell me a little bit about going from, though, a live in flip to a fourplex. Um, you know, and then obviously we'll go to that 32 unit, you know, like uh, thinking through being able to manage that and finance something like that. Yeah. So the live in flip, I was blessed enough to I actually rented the house from the lady uh, and I negotiated because she just kept telling me every time we pay rent, like, oh, man, I can't wait to get rid of this thing. You know, uh, and I was so I was so nervous. They asked her <laughs> to sell it to me because at the time I was only 19. So I was just like one day I just told her, I was like, hey, well, you know, have you ever thought about selling this house? And she goes, yeah, I definitely would. And she didn't even think that I was interested in buying it. So when I brought her the, the opportunity to sell her financing, she had never heard of it. Uh, but I actually was able to get the house for 118000 and only put $2,000 down. Uh, and I actually put about $10,000 into it to repair it. And then I've put more money since. But uh, my wife likes to call me uh, cheap, but I like to call myself frugal. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's cheap for a reason, you know, we, we save, I mean, at the time I was probably saving about four or five grand a month. Uh, and I was just literally every penny I'd make, I lived like I was broke and then just save, save, save. And then, you know, by the time I was doing my living flip, the lawn business, actually, um, I had a client, it's pretty cool how that works out, but I had a client that I was cutting this fourplex for and same thing, older lady, she told me the same thing. Um, and that, you know, she didn't know how to manage it. She was older. There's a lot of bad tenants there taking advantage of her. So I actually was able to buy that fourplex for only $7,000 down. Uh, and, wow. you know, just negotiated terms on that. I still own that bill today, too. Nice. Yeah, so it, it's it's finding the problem, you know. And, and that's what she wanted because she didn't, you know, wanted to avoid taxes. And stuff. Yeah. Wow. Were all those seller finance deals? The first two were, yes. Uh, and, and like I said, that's, that's people who are used to having that monthly income coming in. Uh, and I, I kind of made it to where, especially the fourplex, because she was actually losing money every month because the tenants were just completely taking advantage of her. So I turned the loss every month into a $1,400 a month gain. And she, was, she couldn't believe it. She asked me at closing to make, she was like, are you sure you want to buy this thing? And I was like, oh, absolutely, because we have a big university here at LSU. So uh, I knew I could easily rent it out. She just didn't know how to market it or anything like that. So uh, I definitely won really, really big on that one. And the equity plus my cash turned into this 32 unit. Wow. And so you found that through by mowing the lawn and getting to know her. 
and 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 then you created a win-win a win-win situation for both of you, which is incredible. That she's you know stressed out about this. I, I mean, I was there at one time, uh, you know, not knowing how to manage those tenants, getting taken advantage of, losing money, losing sleep, and now all of a sudden she doesn't have to manage it, and she's getting fourteen hundred a month, you know, uh, in income. So what a great what a great way you know for that story to end, you know, for both of you. Um, but then you said you took out a line of credit. Was it on the fourplex that now you can do a larger property? That was on the single okay. family home. Uh, I have about $120,000 of equity in this thing. Uh, and then I had about $100,000 of my cash. Uh, that, yeah, thank you. Uh, that I also have. Uh, and we bought this 32 unit. We actually got, uh, again, you know, we bought the 32 unit for a really good deal too. So how did you find the 32 unit and how did you finance it? So yeah, the 32 unit is actually in the same area near LSU uh, as the four unit. And it was actually listed for a year or so. Uh, and we had known the guy who uh, was managing it. So we negotiated with him for months. And then right when we were about to close, COVID hit. So it delayed us a few more months. But yeah, they, they were originally asking a million one for it. We got it for 878. Wow. Uh, we've got a $100,000 or $150,000 line of credit on it. Yeah, I know. Uh, COVID was definitely a motivating factor for that. But um, yeah, we actually got it for eight seventy eight, a hundred fifty thousand dollars line of credit, and then we put a uh, hundred fifty thousand dollars down. So uh, yeah, and once we're done with it, we should be all in about seven thousand dollars a unit renovated. Uh, we're kind of being real frugal right now, just because we don't know where the refinance market's going to be uh, whenever we go, you know, to refinance that. But the good thing about it, the way the debt's set up, is it's a rollover loan. So we have it's kind of like a bridge loan, but it's a local bank. And say we don't refinance, it would just roll over, you know, with the line of credit on top of the actual loan. Uh, we don't want to do that because the rates aren't very attractive. But if we absolutely had to, we could. Nice. No, that's awesome. Well, tell me, you know, I just think it's incredible that you went, you know, at your age too, that you went from, you know, this live-in flip to a fourplex. Uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're getting a, an, a essentially a, almost a million dollar loan, uh, you know, for this next property and able to think through that and make it happen. It's just, it's incredible, you know, and, and I just think it goes to, you know, to the listeners right now that are thinking, oh, I'm too young or, oh, there's no, there's no deals out there right now. You know, uh, I mean, you're, you're out there making it happen. Um, you know, what, what would you say to that listener right now that was, uh, that's maybe thinking that right now, oh, yeah, there's, you know, there's no deals out there. Or I'm just I'm too young for people to take me seriously. I hear that all the time. Uh, also, well, uh, I hear that still <laughs> all the time. Uh, you should you should see the faces uh, on the people when we go to close, and they're like, "Wow, is this kid? Is this like your assistant or something?" Uh, <laughs> but hey, you, you know, I love it. You know, but yeah. So, but people, they, you know, uh, it's really it's all about your mindset. You know, if you have a big enough goal and you have you break those goals down into small enough accomplishable you know, milestones. That's really been, has been a credit to my success. And I have a supportive wife that helps me too. But, uh, to, uh, you know, like I said, my original goal, my BHAG, I call it, is my thousand units. Okay. Uh, if I can hit that before 30, I'll be ecstatic. But if not, it's, it's okay. So you have, you know, my yearly goals and my in touch with that. And then you have your monthly goals and my in touch with that. And then my daily goals. So all those daily, monthly, and yearly goals need to be added up to that same vision of the thousand units. So having a very, very strict, you know, you, can, you don't have to be too strict in yourself. I'm just a little bit strict, but having it set up to where you know exactly and your clarity is there and, you know, you have the team in place and you have your partners that are supportive 
it's really uh, the noise gets blocked out. For, at least for me, it, it gets blocked out pretty easily. Uh, and we, we've been told no, I mean, <laughs> tons of times. Uh, and it doesn't even affect me anymore. So, okay, well, he said no, let's go to the next one, you know. Uh, so, yeah, it's just you, gotta, you have to be this frugal one, save your money. Two, you have to be relentless and just don't ever give up and, you know, just don't let people <laughs> get you down. Because at the end of the day, they're going to be the one saying, Oh, I knew him when he was broke. You know, you should you should see him now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's awesome. And and uh, there's so many things there. I mean, that was such a good like minute and a half there that you're just sharing that because that is so important. Just the mindset. Uh, you know, people think that oh, you know, he must have some kind of special skills or he must whatever. I mean, I hear it all the time personally, um, you know, or he must you know know something about real estate that I don't. And I try to tell people, nope. You know, it's not this special gifting. It's like just being able to have the mindset to say, we're going to keep moving forward no matter what, you know, and, and just not giving up. Uh, and that's what you have done. Uh, so, and I want to get into that a little bit more in a minute, but I, I liked how you mentioned the supportive wife. I, I try to always give my wife credit. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, the Lord first, uh, you know, but but just, you know, if it wasn't for my wife and her support, we, we would not be where we're at. I mean, we, I could have not done all this work over the last couple of years to get where we're at. And I would imagine you can relate to that in a big way. Um, you know, is there any any advice you could give on just how you helped her to get on board, you know, with this? I know she stayed with you in that live and flip. Uh, you know, she was a she was a you know, she was, you know, a, a tenant there or whatever. Uh, you know, and she, you know, that was probably kind of crazy. I can't imagine now she, you know, she's on board about this whole rental thing, but she is, you know, how did you paint that picture for her uh, to make that happen? Right. Whew. Uh, tough question. Yeah, that that's definitely, it's never an easy task, you know? Uh, and that's how I, I, I always tell, that's how I knew she was the one. Cause if she stayed with me with that, I mean, that was, that was rough. You know, you have other guy roommates, you know, and we were young and stuff like that. It was a, a horrible, horrible living environment. So, but yeah, how I got her involved, it, it, it's really letting her know that, okay, yeah, we're, this seems crazy now, okay? But then you paint the picture of like what we could live like now, like, you know, then. And when you have a guaranteed income, whether you worked or not, because I work really hard still, um, but letting her know that, hey, you know, I'm not, I know what I'm doing, one. Two, you know, I'm not spending my money on, I'm not taking a severe risk. I'm taking some, but not, you know, severe risk. And then three, we have the savings and financials coming in, back and coming in from different forms of income. So, you know, say we do lose money on one deal or something like that. We have, I have several streams of income that could probably take that hit. Uh, but really just, you know, having the same goal too, you know, like we like uh, planning trips in advance. That way it's kind of like a reward system for myself and her. Uh, but it's, it's, it's a daily struggle for sure. It's definitely, uh, you know, because there's a lot of like questioning yourself and then she's questioning you, then you're questioning her. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's, it's tough, but it's definitely worth it. And it's definitely good to have that person on board. What about when you mentioned like you, now you have systems to, t you know, to take down larger deals or you have the systems in place to handle the, you know, the, just the processes, whatever, um, to give you the confidence. Well, now it's, you know, it's not that big of a deal for you to think about doing the 64 unit or, uh, you know, or whatever, you know, larger property. Can you elaborate a little bit on those systems or processes to help give you that confidence? It's also a daily improvement too. It's something that we're always looking for the better software, but at the same time, we don't want to switch to something and have to relearn it. Uh, but property management softwares, uh, having the right people on staff. So on this 32 unit in particular, we actually inherited a uh, live-in property manager. 
Uh, and usually we, I'd be against something like that. But this, this gentleman in particular, really good man of faith. And then my business partner is actually a preacher too. So they actually knew each other from that. And he's actually an older gentleman. And the, the way this, this man in particular takes his job is like, okay, I'm housing young kids also. So I want to keep this because, you know, the management before it was kind of a dangerous complex. If you have the right people and the right vision in place, you can accomplish a lot of things. And now we're trying to implement that gentleman there, you know, teaching new people that we would hire, you know, in the future to come on board with that same vision and that same company, you know, goal of like, okay, we're not just buying apartment complexes. We're buying homes for these people to live in. We want it safe, affordable, and just, you know, a good home environment, like kids playing football in the, you know, the courtyard and stuff like that. So really it's people and systems. I you know, now that I think about it, I'd probably say people are way more important, especially in this, you know, this deal in particular, because it's been a tough road, but we had the right people involved and everybody has the same goal. And this is a very positive environment. You know? What's been the hardest part of this process for you to getting to larger multifamily? And where do you see yourself, you know, a year from now? The hardest part has been uh, the financing one. Two has been uh, contractors, uh, even though we, we have we have great relationships with them and we don't have any hard feelings against it. We just probably went a little bit over budget for uh, phase one, uh, especially with COVID and stuff going on. But I see ourselves probably bringing on our own in-house property management and our own in-house constru- you know, construction company. Uh, we're actually working on building that now, uh, again, with great partners I have. So I see ourselves in a year having our own in-house property management and our own in-house construction. That way we kind of control the you know expenses there. And there's not any, because you're going to have expenses that come up that you weren't planning on, uh, but it, it makes it a little bit easier to uh, to handle those if you have it all in-house just because, you know, and you can't blame the contractors because it's more work, you know, but we definitely spent more money than we thought we were on phase one, for sure. But that's okay. Lesson learned. How do you prepare for a potential downturn? Well, uh, being frugal, save a lot. Uh, and that's kind of a thing we're, we're really working on because we've never, I've never been through one, you know, uh, and I always just network with people who have. And really, you know, we have a pretty blue collar work ethic here. Uh, there's not, we don't really get affected too crazy. We don't really see any big ups or downs here. So knowing your market, I would say would be the num- number one thing and then saving your money and, you know, being frugal, maybe maybe wait on some of those big ticket items. Uh, we're not saying big ticket, but, you know, upgrades and stuff, fix the, the stuff that needs to be fixed now and then kind of save your money and make sure we have, we're in a good financial position to, you know, ride that wave down if we have to. And we're prepared for that. We've definitely saved money and being frugal, each one of us. So uh, that's, <laughs> that's really the only thing I have just because say I haven't been through one yet, but it's being frugal really. What do you expect to happen in the real estate market over the next, say, six to 12 months? Well, in our local market, uh, I'm hoping that we're diversified enough just because we have the university. It seems to be now that COVID, we have, we have classes going on now and stuff like that. But we, we do see that, you know, we probably could see there's not going to be really any rent pumps. We don't really anticipate there being any rent increases there. So we're, we're kind of already accepted that. As for our market, though, hopefully, since we have a lot of good jobs here, we don't see it going down too, too much like you'd see somewhere like in California. But, you know, locally, I think we'll be okay. Nationally, I'm not really sure. I don't really pay attention to those big markets. Sure. So what about 
Uh, you know, Nathan, I, I believe that anyone that's successful in business has a high level of self-discipline. And how have you gained such that, such a high level of self-discipline, especially at a, at a very young age? I think my parents. Uh, growing up, we've always been pretty frugal. And my, my parents, especially, they, were, they worked really, really hard for all three of us. Uh, so I think it's just been instilled in me since, you know, I was young, uh, you know, and then always having that goal, you know, that's really, I think that's my main driver is having that, that, that vision of what the future will be like. But really, I think my, I credit my parents a whole lot for that. Just teaching us the value of hard work. We grew up on land, so we always had to, you know, maintain the land and go out there and, you know, we had chickens and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, it's hard work getting up early and just, you know, putting that good hard work in. What's a daily habit that you have now that you're disciplined about that that's helped you achieve success? I really just have uh, my daily goals, my monthly goals, like I said, my yearly goals. So my my habit for success really is writing everything down and then having a list of things to get done during the day. That's probably my main thing. Uh, and then and I feel good about it. You know, checking those things off my list. That's what makes me kind of you know feel good about the day. That's really it's nothing special. You know, uh, I just. You know, I have my little list of things to get done and I get it done every day. And there's just there's not even an option to it to me. It's just like you have to get them done. Can't do this until it's done kind of thing. What's a way you've recently improved your business that we could apply to our business? Uh, bringing in the right people for sure. Uh, and then, you know, networking with people, learning new systems that we didn't know about. Uh, so systems and people, again, uh, it's just it's crazy. You don't know what you don't know. You know? <laughs> so we, we were kind of flying blind for a little bit and uh you kind of we went to a few networking events you know pre-covid and then we did a few uh digital ones too but yeah uh, you know we're getting aware of some software that we didn't know and then uh having the right people and then training them certain things on different scenarios that we weren't aware about so on that note uh how do you document your processes and your systems so we're still doing excel uh for the most part like i said we're still uh sure. learning we have Cozy that we use also, and then we, we had Buildium. We actually didn't really like Buildium as much just because it wasn't really designed the way we wanted it to be designed. Some people like it, but uh, we just decided not to. We, uh, we really were looking into getting into a bigger software. We're just not big enough for that yet. So right now, we just scale back down to Cozy and Excel, uh, and we, we have a pretty good system for that. So. As long as they're documented, right? I mean, that's the first step. You can improve the software later. You know, you can improve the software later, but the first the, and the hardest part really is getting it documented initially uh, and taking that 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 step. Uh, but uh, so what's the number one thing that's contributed to your success? I think just my grit, you know, uh, and just that that goal mentality of just hard work and just getting getting after it every day. Uh, and I look forward to it every day. I wake up excited, you know, ready to see what the day has. Uh, and I think it's just a lot to do with genetics. You know, it's just instilled in me since day one. And how do you like to give back? So I have uh, employees in the lawn business. I still own that to this day. Uh, I still enjoy it too. It's, it's a good time. But I have young guys, mainly as college kids. And I'm trying to start a, a program that's pay your way through college. I actually have one of my guys who paid his way completely through college debt-free. Uh, and I always try to tell my guys, you know, just because they look up to me somewhat. So I, I like showing them like, hey, this is what I did. Here's my mistakes. You know, don't go this way, go this way kind of thing. Uh, and I love, you know, seeing these guys get excited about it and, uh, you know, cause they, they, most kids don't even learn about financial independence or education or anything like that until, you know, in their forties. So, uh, I really, my goal is to, you know, have my guys follow my footsteps somewhat if they're interested and, uh, 
you know, more importantly, pay their way through college. That's, that's not the thing I'm really harping on them for because I didn't go to college. I barely graduated high school. <laughs> so uh, I, I just want to, you know, give my guys a good environment and uh, you know, a good work environment, but really teach them as much as I can, you know. Wow. Well, Nathan, I, I'm, uh, it's a pleasure to meet you. And I wanted to thank you, one, for being a listener of the show. You'd, you were telling me that before we got started. And uh, I'm grateful for that. But uh, just uh, grateful to meet you. And for, I love having guests on, too, that are just out there making it happen. Reminds me of the quote from uh, Henry Ford. I think it was Henry Ford. But he said, you know, if, if you if you think you can, you're right. If you think you can't, you're right. Or vice versa, you know, one or the other. Uh, you know, it's, and, it's, and just, you know, you're such a great story and example of how important the mindset is. And just that you can make it happen, even if you are young. And you can make it happen, you know, even if you don't have all the money you know, in the very beginning, uh, and, and that there are still deals out there to be had, you know? And so, uh, thank you again, uh, just for sharing that with us and tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you and learn more about you. Yeah. So I'm on Instagram and Facebook at Nathan underscore Malazzo on Instagram and the Facebook, just Nathan Malazzo. It's M I L A Z Z O. Uh, yeah. And I, you know, just message me or whatever I have, you know, I'm glad to message people back. Uh, I also have the email address is M-I-L-A-Z-Z-O-171 at gmail.com. Feel free to email me there too. Awesome. That's a wrap, Nathan. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Yeah, I had a good time. Don't go yet. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I would love it if you would go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. I want to hear your feedback. It makes a big difference in getting the podcast out there. You can also go to the Real Estate Syndication Show on Facebook so you can connect with me and we can also receive feedback and your questions there that you want me to answer on the show. Subscribe too so you can get the latest episodes. Lastly, I want to keep you updated. So head over to lifebridgecapital.com and sign up for the newsletter. If you're interested in partnering with me, sign up on the contact us page so you can talk to me directly. Have a blessed day and I will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.